guys. Welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. My name is Barry Strickoff, Registered Dietitian. And I'm Sophie Bertrand, Registered Nutritionist, and we are the authors of the Forking Wellness book and obviously the Forking Wellness Podcast. Each week we sit down and we discuss all things health and wellness from debunking diet myths to nutrition information, lifestyle factors, etc. Stick with us while we try and work out what the Fork Wellness really is. I don't even know what we do. This season's podcast is sponsored by Exhale Coffee, the UK's first coffee sourced and roasted for health and performance. It's organic and tested free from mycotoxins and pesticides, and one cup of Exhale Coffee independently tested to have the same antioxidants as 12 planets of blueberries or 55 oranges. That is literally insane. It's also optimized for polyphenols and two cups provides 20% of your RDA of vitamin B3 necessary for energy production and brain support. So how do they do this? Through their unique process involving nine different independent lab tests, lots and more of coffee's natural healthy compounds while keeping out the bad. And is overseen by Dr. Ruthie, NHS medical doctor and Alex Manos, functional medicine practitioner. For those who are trying to avoid caffeine, they also offer a decaf, which is the same coffee that's been decaffeinated by the chemical-free mountain water process, which only uses pure spring water from the highest mountain in Mexico to gently extract 99.9% of caffeine and leave all the healthy polyphenols in place. For those who sometimes feel anxious from caffeine, polyphenols have been shown to reduce anxiousness so people who previously couldn't drink coffee can often drink a high polyphenol coffee like Excel's so you can be jitter and crash free. That's actually so amazing. So many people avoid caffeine because it gives them the jitters. We we love caffeine. Um, so we welcome I mean, it. Yeah, this <laughs> this version of caffeine is highly impressive. <laughs> yes. And they also equally prioritize their impact on the planet and only use plastic-free compostable packaging. They're B Corp pending and donate 2% of all sales to charities restoring the natural environment. So you can head to xlcoffee.com. And you can opt to either have your coffee ground for medium or fine for espresso or have it in whole bean. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Forking Wellness Podcast. It's just Soph and I, and we are going to talk about the new Abercrombie and Fitch documentary, White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch on Netflix. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this. because I'm also quite nervous because I'm very aware that both you and I, Barry, are coming from a place of, you know, we are in slimmer bodies, um, we're white people, and, you know, we do recognise that, but I think it's something that I really wanted to address because I felt like I was so influenced by it growing up. Yeah, that's a really good way of phrasing it. So I think I agree, like, we are the very, we're very privileged, and the whole documentary is basically about privilege, and we totally acknowledge that. And we will talk about that a bit, but also I think we mainly just want to also touch on how we were impacted mm. by Abercrombie as a brand in our like formative years of children childhood yeah <laughs> yeah because it was just huge and now obviously being older and grown up the psychology around it really fascinates me yeah and it's not necessarily anything that I've like I mean I thought about it especially because I actually um we could talk about it a bit but like 
I do actually shop there now and I, I really like the clothes. So I have yeah, thought they're really about good it. Quality clothes. I have thought about it in a bit, like um like reflected on what the brand like meant and the attachments mm. and things like that. Um, but I haven't really, I don't know, watching it made me reflect in a very different way and bring up things that I haven't really thought about in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So I will just like quickly read, I just pulled up like a summary just for anyone who hasn't watched it yet. I want you to still be able to like listen to this and find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, like, 100%. And I think even it, as long as you know the brand, Abercrombie and Fitch, I think this will be an interesting episode for you. Exactly. So in what will be a true throwback moment for some, White Hot, the rise and fall of Abercrombie and Fitch revives a brand name that once stood as a symbol for all American fashion. With a history of debuting buzzworthy documentaries like Tiger King and Fire, this new Netflix documentary explores how Abercrombie and Fitch managed to rise in popularity using discriminatory marketing tactics, as well as equally controversial hiring practices. For those that have ever worn the infamous Moose logo and perhaps popped a collar of their A&F polo shirt, this is a musty documentary. That's actually very funny. The Papa collar, like how fucking yeah, relevant. Like, <laughs> so funny. Okay. So what was your first like response to it? Okay. So if, first of all, I was just like putting myself back into like four, how old would I have been? Like 13, 14 when it was like really hyped up. And I think it was, I was younger. Because I think it was like big in America, probably. Actually, watching the documentary, sorry, documentary, I realized how much bigger it was in America. It was big here, but it was way bigger in America. And you, you guys even had like magazines and stuff like that, um, yeah, like which every, I didn't realize. Yeah, they were like, um, like not like coffee table books, but like kind I kn- of. Yeah. I don't know what else to call them. I know what them. you mean. Yeah, like seasonal um, catalogs they were like nice we didn't have that but like it was this is embarrassing to say but like it was a treat that like my mom would take my sister and I with a friend up to London Savile Row Abercrombie and Fitch you get a Polaroid with the hot guy standing in the front and then you go in and you see all these beautiful people around the clothes and it was like mom was like okay you can pick like two items and like (laughs) we'd then go and like pick our outfit and then we'd like queue up in the ridiculous changing room queue and then queue for another hour to actually buy what we'd chosen and then we'd get the bag and then we'd all smell amazing and it would just be like this whole experience yeah did you ever buy the perfume out of curiosity I did I actually love the guy smell it's so funny that you mentioned that I remember I bought it for my (laughs) boyfriend at the time I was literally 12 um I think you will smell like this (laughs) was it called fierce yes yeah yeah um yeah I bought it for him for Valentine's Day and I was 12 years old and I was like this is hot <laughs> I feel like that's what I said to him oh my god I'm dying this is how I want you to smell who did I think I was like Paris Hilton like this is hot <laughs> just like probably like left it at his locker and then ran away because <laughs> yeah was... literally <laughs> leaving a note <laughs> so funny um but yeah so a couple years on from that so I would have been 17 and I've spoken about before how I suffered with an eating disorder and I was probably at like the height of my eating disorder at this point and I was walking through London I think we were on Oxford Street me and my friend 
and we got scouted by this Abercrombie Mark got recruiter. Scouted as well. really? so oh my god funny. I see Mark yeah I see Mark doing that um and he was like you two girls really fit the look we're going for do you want to come and interview for a job at Abercrombie and Fitch and we were like oh my god yes like this is amazing so I went the look lo- in your yeah. in the depth of your yeah. eating disorder literally like maybe like the skinniest I've ever been um so we went along to Abercrombie and Fitch and I can't remember if my mum was with us if she was she waited outside um but we went in and we were in a group of people everyone obviously looking very pretty and slim and we went around and were asked questions they took polaroids of us and everything and oh my god yeah and I got the job and the friend I was with didn't and looking back, I think it was just because I was just so slim. It sounds terrible, doesn't it? And like they asked me what size clothes I wore and stuff like that. And yeah, they offered me the job. I didn't take it because I was literally treated for my eating disorder like a week later. Um, and I was really angry that my mum didn't let me take the job because I was like, you know, they've said that I'm like Abercrombie and Fitch, like worthy. Which was like the pinnacle of like cool back then. Yeah literally that is um, insane I had never heard that story before I know that's what I said to you didn't I when we recorded this uh, when we said we were going to record this, so I was like, I've got a story but yeah that's it. obviously now looking back I'm like how terrible like they obviously didn't care how healthy I was they just saw I was this really tall skinny person that is nuts hmm. I mean the, in the documentary they do talk about how they wanted to be this like all-American brands like guys who just like had effortlessly like chiseled abs and girls Mm. who were like the all-american like tall leggy thin yeah like I think it like it was a very thin 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 like I can't explain it but like I just remember like I've never it was like thin legs that's all Mm. I remember is that weird that that's like what's stuck with me probably because like I've always had like a complex about the fact that I like will never be like a twiggy legged gal and my legs are like ridiculously long like my sister and I are the same height but my legs are actually longer than hers her body's longer than mine it's really weird but I've always had a really really slim long legs and then obviously at that point they were like even slimmer <laughs> yeah and I just remember that always like sticking with me that just like they it was I don't even remember like looking at the body as a whole I just remember being like mm. all these girls have such long thin legs that's interesting so highlighted that insecurity for you yes and I remember like this I mentioned this to you I think there was like a time where like okay I think Abercrombie got really big maybe when I was like 10 um and I still fit into Abercrombie kids and I remember like actually probably like the biggest size in Abercrombie kids is actually probably bigger than like the smallest size in Abercrombie like Mm, I don't think that's so true yeah, but, like I remember like, sorry if this is triggering for anyone, but I remember like holding on to that, that I could still fit into Abercrombie kids and that like mm. that meant that I was like, I don't know, like thin. Yeah, like, I remember. fucked up is that? Yeah, they they literally had a size double zero. It was double zero zero two four six. And literally, I remember having conversations with my friends at school being like, well, I can fit into a double zero. Like you're a two. Like, oh, my God. Like how awful is that and you know what they spoke about was like how they wanted it was really interesting I actually have a whole opinion on it which we could talk about after from a marketing perspective 
which I just Mm -hmm. find like really interesting. But one of the things that they said, or he, like the founder of it, someone said something about it being like too aspirational and that like, um, you don't make clothes for everyone or something. And he's like, well, I don't want to make clothes for everyone. Like, Mm -hmm. it was like, he had this idea of what like gorgeous, like, I don't know, masculine, feminine, like all American is. And he was going to like shove it down your throat and make it feel so like elitist, but also like weirdly attainable. If you just bought the clothes, you could achieve that goal. Um, And it was all just like white, tall, thin people. It's like the standard of beauty that he like portrayed in everything. And there was no social media then. So we had magazines and, you know, going into malls and it's like, yeah, like you have those people standing in front as like models and it's like, well, only beautiful yeah. people are models. I want to be a yeah, model. I know. And then it was like, and, oh, and well, all, like so many celebrities were wearing it as well. Yeah, it was, it was, it was literally everything. Like it, it was. And when I look back at it, because you kind of think why, like, why was it so special? But like you just said, like the marketing behind it was very, very clever they knew exactly what they were doing, like sex cells. Like mm-hmm. I, I studied that. I did a module on that on my psychology degree. But it, it's like this allure that's attached to it. And it's very easy to fall for. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that they were like, we want the sex of Calvin Klein, but like the eliteness of uh, Ralph Lauren. And yeah. I thought that was really interesting because and then appeal to like 15 to 20 year olds. Like, mm they really did accomplish that like it was 100% so from a branding perspective it was really interesting I thought there were so many interesting things like the the music and like there was nothing else like that and they had the shutters on the front so like you couldn't Mm. even actually see in so in order for you to see what this door was you had to physically go go into the store which is like retrospectively a fantastic marketing tactic like you had Mm. to fully experience it to like even see what it was about and they created this experience that was so different from everything else they truly like differentiated themselves and it was they they hired people that fit their beauty standards that was the thin ideal back then and they made you want to be a part of it and the thing is to play devil's advocate from their point of view it was what they were doing is working of course they're gonna capitalize on that and keep going and make it bigger and better and the models prettier and skinnier do you know what I mean like you know they from their point of view they've created this really successful brand that's making a shitload of money so they're like why the hell are we going to change what we're doing yeah exactly (laughs) doesn't matter if it's right or wrong like it's making us money yeah they were doubling down on their success which from a business perspective makes sense but there's a difference between like ethical business and like non-ethical business yeah I'm not supporting what they're no no, no I agree I'm talking from a marketing perspective that like it worked yeah. for a reason because they did the right things in terms of their market like the tactics that they used worked but mm-hmm. like in a completely unethical agenda yeah and again like we said at the beginning we're obviously coming from a place of you know thin white privileged people but if you were someone who didn't fit that look or their criteria, hugely um, triggering and demoralizing and, you know, like really, really awful. Yeah. 
And their sizing was so fucked up that you can be a normal size, but didn't fit their sizing. Do you know what I mean? Like it was like, yeah, it was like smaller than oh, normal size and, and fit into like their larger size and be like, sorry, what? Like I'm a very normal, healthy size here. And I'm yeah. fitting into like the biggest sizes that Abercrombie offer. And looking back, it didn't make me feel good about myself. Like it never made me feel. It made me feel um, like normal and accepted. It didn't make me feel good about myself. I felt like accepted. But like as much as I enjoyed going there for the shopping experience, I don't think I ever felt like truly confident in my body. I felt like this like external being like, oh, I can fit in by the clothes. But it wasn't like a confidence of like within. It was like an external, it was like an external acceptance, not an internal like confidence. I don't know if that makes sense. You've just reminded me of something. I can't believe I forgot this. So I used to have this real complex about my arms. Like I thought that my arms looked really chubby at the top. So I could never wear tops that had like a strap on them. So I'd buy the Abercrombie tops and I'd flip them upside down to turn them into like a strapless boob tube. So like the straps were sitting at my hips. So I'd literally wear the top upside down and the little logo that was supposed to be at the bottom would be like upside down on the top. And people would literally be like why is your Abercrombie logo upside down and I'd be like because I've just flipped the top round because it looks better this way (laughs) but I hated how it made my arms look but I was like I have to wear Abercrombie and I know I fit into it I just have to wear it in a different way so like no matter how it made you feel you adjusted the clothes because you had to wear it yeah because I was like I fit into Abercrombie I know that I'm an Abercrombie girl but it just needs some adjusting (laughs) It's so wild. Like, how crazy is that? And they were freaking expensive as well. Like, I could have brought a normal top from, like, H&M or something. 100%. Yeah, it wasn't cheap. It was really no. expensive. And I remember, like, save it. We used to go to the mall. Like, so funny. Like, hang out at the mall. But we really did. Like, I remember how old was I when I was allowed to start going to the mall by myself with my friends. I think I was in sixth grade. So I was 12. Um, and it was like a really cool thing for someone's parents to drop us off. We'd have like three hours in the mall and then someone's yeah, parents. Yeah, we do that on a Saturday. Yeah. yeah, on a Saturday. And I remember like saving like birthday money and like I used yeah. to like, work for my mom, and, like babysit, mm-hmm. whatever. I'd always go with 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah. And like, it was like Abercrombie and Fitch and then like Victoria's Secret Pink. Those were oh, like wow. where I spent my money. And I just remember it being like a real sense of like pride that I can like go and buy myself something from Abercrombie that like didn't even make me feel good about myself in there. Mm. Like why it's just so wild to me. It's very, very clever, cleverly branded. But something that happened in the documentary was like, there was a very, very clear discrimination thing. They used a lot of like, um, I don't even know how to explain it in like a politically correct way. It's not a politically correct thing. So I don't know why I'm trying to do that for them. Um, but they used a lot of like racial slurs or like- Oh, that was just terrible. Like foul See, I language. don't think we had that in the UK. I don't really remember that, to be honest. Yeah, I either had no idea that was going on or I don't think those I think it just went above our head, to be honest. I think we were really young mm-hmm. and like, I don't think we understood it because I, I like don't remember seeing that because- I think I wouldn't have even registered what that meant then. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because we were so young. Mm. But like. I, I, I really. I'm so surprised with that. I really do think that was. 
found the US unless I literally just have absolutely no recollection of that being in the UK but because it was such so much more of a bigger brand in the US you guys have more around it like again we didn't have the magazines or the stuff like that so yeah I don't know but I was appalled by that like I could not believe it when I saw that part the part that I was most appalled by was when the girl was being interviewed she was like yeah like it, it it looks bad but like we didn't mean anything by it. I'm like, that is literally the worst sentence so, yeah. that could come out of your mouth. Like, ha- like, and I know they they let that run for like the shock effect because like it was literally the most appalling statement that I've ever heard in my life. Mm. But, like, they were just so unaware, and it's like not acceptable. Well, like arguably brainwashed. <laughs> yeah, that as well. Um, but like incredibly, just. I don't even like so many racial slurs and like just like discriminatory, like not even just like in the people that they would hire or like the models that they hired for advertising, but like genuinely the clothing that they put out were just, mm-hmm. it was terrible. Yeah. Just, like, how did it go on for so long? I was really, um, I don't know if interest is the right word, but the guy, the founder, I can't remember what his name was now, that he wouldn't comment for the film. Yeah. Oh, what was his name? I don't remember his name either, but um it was something it was like Paul or Steve or something. <laughs> something like really something quite generic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, he definitely was not involved in it. Um I don't think he like got the the documentary didn't really like get his approval kind of thing. No. I no, was no, no. thinking who was behind this because it is a great marketing tactic for Abercrombie now. So Abercrombie's had this like huge facelift and what kind of went dead for like 10 years. And it did, had this, like, yeah. Revival um in which you go on the website, they're incredibly size inclusive. I follow a ton mm-hmm. of plus size like body positivity fashion accounts. And like, they're always recommending Abercrombie. I have a pair of Abercrombie curve jeans, which I love um, because they're a bit looser on the thighs and like smaller on the waist. So you don't get that like gape Mm -hmm. Um, and they do short legs and they do tall legs. Like they're incredible. They've, whoever has been in charge of that, like revamp of Abercrombie has done an amazing job and I think they've had to work extra hard and go the extra mile which like it's not Mm -hmm. going the extra mile it should just be normal but yeah they are incredibly size inclusive and their models are of all you know races and ethnicities and stuff like that that I think this is a great like what like not like fall from grace but then like a rise story I don't Mm. know what I'm trying to say but like actually I was I was wondering if Abercrombie put this out themselves, to be honest, as like part of a marketing thing to get people talking about them and just being like, oh no, but they've changed since. Mm. I mean, the store now looks completely different. I haven't been to the one in London recently, but there's one in Westfield. Yeah, I've been to the one in Westfield. And that looks like a very, you know, it's very open and, you know, it looks very normal, like nice quality clothes. Um, But like before, like you said, all behind shutters, dark lights, little dim lights shining on the clothes really loud music as if like you were missing out by not being inside yeah something else they said it was like parents hated us and we love that because it yeah. was like if parents hated it that meant it was cool yeah that's so true and like my mom loved the gap I didn't want to shop at the gap I wanted to shop at Abercrombie 
do you know what I literally my sister asked where my jumper was from the other day and I was like oh it's from next and I remember when my mum used to want to go shopping and go into next and I'd be like oh it's such a mum shop and I said to my sister I was like I'm officially a mum now I have a jumper from next (laughs) (laughs) and I don't care like it was a very lovely comfy jumper (laughs) but you know what I mean like if mum like you don't want to shop there where your mum shops 100% so I feel like they intentionally made it like a parent's worst nightmare like kind of expensive really loud really dark smell yeah I mean my kid was like oh let's go in to this shop that's like pretty much pitch black with flashing colorful lights with 16 year old models like fashioning the clothes because they literally stood there in an Abercrombie outfit literally doing nothing these kids are like 15 16 17 they're standing there like just real life mannequins ridiculous and I think the pay was really decent (laughs) which is another reason I was very upset that my mom didn't let me me take the job really like at the time I think it was about eight or nine pound an hour which I mean I used to work at Costa which was by five pound sixty an hour Oh my god. Obviously, like the standard hourly rate has gone up. You know, this was like what 15 years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, that's insane. That's so interesting that they paid well, but it's like they paid well to the people who they thought deserved it. You know what I mean? Like mm. again, like so elitist, like we'll pay above minimum wage, but only the privilege yeah. get access to that. And it was funny because when we went for our interview, it was like, you know, do you see yourself behind the till or on the shop floor fashioning these clothes it's like if you were pretty enough you could stand by the clothes wearing an Abercrombie outfit I know it's so nuts yeah thinking back and like do you think obviously like a brand like that couldn't exist now um but do you think we're blind to anything going on in our current lives that like in five ten years people are going to be like what the fuck I like to think it's all being spoken about now and that we're not that ignorant but do you know what I, I mean like hindsight that's is a really good question like I'm trying to think really like good question the pl- I mean like now I know most brands are like really making an effort to be size inclusive because you have to mm-hmm. like you, it's not acceptable anymore like it's really just like I mean it was never acceptable but just no one had the guts to be like I'm sorry what like yeah yeah it was never acceptable but now it's like I mean maybe um I think we've brought this brand up before I don't want to shame because some of their clothes are quite cute but Brandy Melville like they just do one size that's not inclusive but I feel like people are talking about that yeah didn't some of their stuff used to say like one size fits most Oh my god, I don't I know. Like Again, I feel like the brand is big. It actually didn't even come over to the UK until I don't know, maybe like five to ten years ago. It was definitely like I think even when I when I first started going to America, which was about six or seven years ago, it was not in the UK yet. And I remember I got really excited because I saw it in Amsterdam like a year later, and then it, it came over to the UK. Yeah, it was pretty big from like high school all through college, like end of high school all through college. Mm. But again, all of those girls who model are same thing. Mannequin, yeah, thin, you know. It's so true. I wonder if like there will be like a brandy mail that's such a good call. Actually, it's exactly the kind of brand I was thinking of, but I like couldn't mm. think of it. 
Um, I do wonder if like something similar comes out about them because I'm pretty sure they've had like very similar like like feedback and stuff. Yeah, like I'm sure they've had complaints because it's very and it it is damaging for like oh my because, God, it's terrible. you know there's 14 you know 14 year olds up kind of going in there of course that's triggering if they're like well actually can you imagine being with your friend and passing brandy melville being like i actually don't fit into there so we can't go shopping in there i'd have like so how much awful. shame and like yeah. i feel so terrible for anyone who has to experience that because like it's it's like i truly like it's just terrible especially for a young girl like mm your confidence and your self-esteem is so fragile and so dependent on what others think of you at that point like it's the worst day I like I will say this all the time the ages 14 to 16 are just the worst they really are like yeah it's so difficult because you're still a kid but you don't think you're a kid you think you know it all and that you've just turned into a grown-up overnight you think you have the answers you don't yeah I know like I don't know now like yeah, yeah, you do just, not know at 14 years old but there comes a point where you like it's very acceptable to admit that you don't know but like back yeah. then that was not a thing yeah. um yeah it was just like incredibly shocking and I really do feel that Abercrombie had like a really big impact on my body confidence and like self-esteem mm. in those years and I I like remember always wanting to shop there and I did but I, I like can't recall it ever made me feel good about myself. It just made me feel happy to have the clothes. Yeah. And do you know what? I remember I had this Abercrombie jumper that was like quite tightly fitted when I was very, very slim. And when I went into recovery, I had to stop wearing it. And like that to me was a really, really big deal. And I felt like a failure. But I was just getting healthy but like yeah. because I couldn't fit into my small Abercrombie jumper anymore that made me feel terrible about the fact I was recovering yeah that's terrible really messed up yeah like if you could fit like I remember I, I feel like I did keep those jeans for way too long just to be like can I fit back in then <laughs> and it's like why do I want to like Abercrombie jeans were the what like jean shorts were my favorite from there like the low rise low little, rise they were this yeah. big like two inch fold up like literally like millimeters away from your bum hanging out yeah I can never uh, wear those those like <laughs> never I never oh bought my god them. no but do you know what? I actually think I kept mine for a really long time. And I remember throwing them away and being like, I'm actually done with these now. I hadn't worn yeah. them in ages, but I was like, yep, they're going in the bin. I'm done with them. Yeah. And now I have like very like mum, mum jeans. Like, <laughs> mum, mum jean shorts that cover everything. And <laughs> But it's funny you say that because it was just on like a TikTok. And again, I get served like tons of fashion content. I guess that's like what I'm like, I don't know, engaging with these days on TikTok. Yeah. And like one girl like was raving about the new Abercrombie curve. They might be like, long mom jean shorts or something and she was in a much larger body and she was like this is the first pair of jean shorts that I feel confident in in ages and she was like whatever you guys are doing you're doing it right um and I'm happy about the place that they landed but it's so messed up about like they were rightfully so but they were bullied 
into becoming this brand that they should be the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, it shouldn't have to take, like it's common sense, right? But the same thing with like Victoria's Secret yeah. and like the fashion show and like they stopped doing like pink swimwear and now they're like bringing back Victoria's Secret pink and like all size inclusive. They hired a ton of body positivity, body positive influencers to help like inform their range so they can like have a say on like the fits and the cuts and the design process and stuff like that. And it's like almost like a bit too late. I I follow this model. I won't say her name, but um she has was at one point a Victoria's Secret model, got pregnant, had a baby. I mean she's still very beautiful and thin like like you'd consider her still to be very slim but she was slimmer when she was a Victoria's Secret model and she actually received so much trolling after she had her baby because she wasn't getting back to her Victoria's Secret model size and that was like an unattainable size anyway like no one is meant to be that toned and thin like they do a shitload of prep to get on stage and look like that um but yeah I just thought that was really sad because she's just like it is so, so she's sad. obviously very naturally beautiful she's a model but she's just she's much more of a normal size now and you know she received trolling because she wasn't getting back to like her size four body and it's probably like she was probably not engaging in healthy behaviors at that smaller no. size it's not sustainable for her and also mm. like moms deal with enough shit like the last thing that you need is, like... it's still honestly very like it still baffles me that I just feel like people receive so much more trolling the moment they become a mum. And I'm like, this is the most vulnerable I've ever been in my life. Like arguably more than when I was suffering with an eating disorder. Yeah. Like it's an overnight change. You're now completely responsible and for your a small hormones human. have been so altered out of your control. Yeah. Like there's a and true like, biological like shift. thing happening. Yeah. yeah. And I'm literally doing the best I possibly can. I'm judging myself anyway, every day. I do not need other people doing it as well. I think there's like a special place in hell for people who like troll moms. For trolling anyone, like I truly think it's like a disgusting thing. But Mm -hmm. like to troll moms, like you are the lowest of low. Yeah, like it just baffles me that like I've said it before, I've never received trolling before I had a child and who knew have a baby (laughs) go through the biggest change of your life yeah (laughs) go through the biggest change like do the biggest miracle that like exists in the world be like Like, the most like self selfless human in the world get trolling like no big deal just me over here being come at me what have you got (laughs) force of nature (laughs) that is so messed up yeah god hopefully um the way people treat moms I think is changing like I think people are now like people are talking about it more where I feel like people use yeah not, that's like, true talk yeah, about yeah. the struggles and I don't know I feel like maybe there will be an expose documentary I was gonna say a documentary on <laughs> I love I literally love these type of documentaries though like I think I always find them so enjoyable to watch and so interesting and this one just like really hit home because I felt like yeah I love the psychology behind them the psychology behind it I just felt like I was a true victim of it it impacted Same. me and like my insecurities as a child and mm-hmm. then also like the marketing perspective I I just really enjoyed watching it yeah, um I, 
I encourage people to watch it because I think it's good to be like informed about these things. Um, and hopefully it shows how wrong it was, which can mm-hmm. also like, um, if you had any of those negative feelings, it's like, well, that wasn't predicated on truth. If that yeah. makes sense. Or like, yeah, 100%. Righteousness. I don't know yeah. what I'm saying, but maybe it can help you kind of like break down those distorted thoughts. Yeah. It, it really did bring up a lot for me personally. Yeah. Same. Amazing. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear what you Your think. hundred percent. Message us or just like comment on one of our posts. Um, yeah. Or like DM the Forking Wellness Instagram and just like, let us know your thoughts on it. Cause maybe we should do more episodes like this. I actually really enjoyed talking about something. Same. Related to, you know, what we talk about anyway. Yeah. So if you have any other recommendations for things, let us know, let us know. (laughs) We're down to watch TV. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Wait, one more thing before we go. I just found out today that if you have Disney plus, you can watch the new series of Kardashians. Ash told me this last night. (laughs) That is literally like Disney plus. He was like, Chris Jenner's a genius. So Kardashian to Disney plus. I just want to put that out there just because like, I didn't think that I, I just learned this today and I was going to tell you because I, I know that you would appreciate it. I can't believe you just said that yesterday. That's so funny. Yeah. But to anyone else listening, if you enjoy the Kardashians for the pop culture phenomenon that they are, we could take a bit of salt, like take it with a grain of salt kind of thing. Yeah. Um, if you just like to watch. Do, do you know what it. I'd love to do is an episode on the Kardashians. Okay. Let's do it. I could talk about okay. them for years. Same. I have like, a lot of opinions. Give me like, I could literally write a thesis. Oh my God. We need to do an episode on it. Okay. We'll do it. Okay. Maybe next week. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll, we'll book it in after we hang up this call. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Um, if you guys have questions or things you want us to talk about, around yeah. that one submit it um it'll be please email talkingwellness yes. at gmail.com amazing well thank you guys so much we'll speak to you soon bye thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the forking wellness podcast as always please rate review and subscribe and share with your friends if you love this episode it really does help us get seen in the chart you can now also order our forking wellness book anywhere books are sold order it on amazon prime for next day delivery and barnes and noble in america and if you love the book we would so appreciate a review on amazon we absolutely love hearing your feedback and we really hope you enjoy it we'll speak to you guys next week bye